Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast brought to you by the best street food court in all the land. It is, of course, Blue Collar Street Food. Well, where on earth do we start on last night? That was one of the most incredible performances I think we've seen at the Medeski the SCL, whatever you want to call it, for quite some some years. Um, I am Matt Lansley. I'm going to be hosting today's podcast, and I'm joined by, obviously, two guys that were at the game yesterday. We've got Paul Mann. How are you doing, Paul? I'm uh, Honestly, all I can just think of is loom, 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 loom. That is all I've got in my head. That is, yeah, fantastic and absolutely amazing night. And, yeah, brilliant. It's, I, I think it's been ringing around every Reading fan's head for the last, for, well, for the last 12 hours, I think. It's just been, yeah. Um, and I've also got Alex on the phone. How are you doing, Alex? I'm on the phone. I actually am on the phone this time. Uh, I'm doing well. I've got Tom Tommy Holmes's blue and white in my head still from last night. It, it's, if, it, if you it, didn't it know, was... he does hate Swindon. He does. He does. Absolutely. And I think finally that that chant has finally kicked off. It was it was uh, I think it was. Well, well, we were talking about it and it was brought up last year, but it's nice to see it finally taking off because he deserved a chant. He deserved a chance. Did uh, did Tom Holmes. Um, I think we're going to kick off today. I, like, I, I'm shamelessly taking this from match of the day, too. So apologies to anyone who is offended by this or anyone who works on match of the day. And yeah, but um, too good, too bad. Um, I want to have some good points and some bad points from both of both of you. Paul, what was two good points from last night? Everything. Absolutely everything. everything. <laughs> it's really hard to find That's anything. multiple points. That is, that is. It's everything. Everything was good last night. Uh, another positive is um, I was with someone who uh, had to get up ridiculously early today. And uh, I left about one minute before the end of uh, the match. And we managed to get out the Greyhound car park no problems at all no problems at all and we were deep in the car park for me that was a massive plus but yeah I can't see anything negative about last night what about you Alex 
Uh, yeah, negatives from last night are very, very difficult to come by, if I'm honest. Um, one negative is it was, it, it was only three. We could have scored five, let's be honest. Uh, second negative from last night. Mm. Yeah, I'm struggling. It rained. That's about it. That's that's the only negative I've got. It ended. Maybe <laughs> for it, me, it that was the big it negative. Ended. It ended. I wanted to keep it going. I think every Reading fan has been living off the high of last night because let's be honest, it doesn't happen very often. I think, I, I think we've only won a th- more than three nil. I think Alex, you you sent out a tweet. Was it three times since 2016 or something? It's like it doesn't happen very often. So just Reading fans enjoy the feeling of last night bottle it up and yeah because it it was some night we are of course gonna talk about the game um a little bit because it it started actually the 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 night started i i won't i won't lie i won't try and make two bones about it i was a bit worried when i saw when i saw the team news because you've just lost four nil to rotherham and you see no changes i mean alex give me all your thoughts on what your thinking was when you saw that team news Honestly, I was quite unsurprised that we'd made no changes um, just because it, it felt really difficult to see where the changes would come from. The only change which anybody really had suggested with any kind of credence was dropping Joe Lumley. And that was it. That was the only one which anybody suggested, which even made sense in the context of who we have available. Um, you could have maybe that, said I... Kamara up the field, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but again, it's 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 kind of a. I think it's a bit of a long shot. We've haven't haven't seen him really in a league game yet, so I, I don't think there was one which is going to someone who was going to come in and improve the side necessarily. I think the the main difference or main, um, yeah, the main difference from last night versus Saturday immediately when you saw it at the start of the game was the fact that we didn't line up with just one striker and then two attacking midfielders behind. It was definitely a case of having two strikers last night and that was a major difference. Yeah, 100%. Um, Paul, what, what, what was your what, what was your thoughts? Was it kind of what, what you expected? I kind of feel like it was a bit circumstantial, like Alex says, with, with, with the team news. Uh, there's only one thing I took away from the team news and that was Lucas Jow on the bench. That was yeah. a boost straight away to see him there. I think lifted people, maybe some people actually going to the game. I'm not saying he created the atmosphere because he didn't. But once you see his name and you think, oh, okay, I didn't expect to see that. Um, on the changes, I didn't really think we could make any, to be honest. So, yeah, not much surprise there from me. Yeah. No, like like say, I think Zhao seeing on the bench, because I'm, I'm not going to lie, the first thing I saw was obviously the, the first 11, and I missed Zhao until about until I reread it and was trying to work out what was going on. And then I saw, oh, Zhao's on the bench. And it, it like it just lifted. It lifted myself, certainly. And I think... I'm so lot... surprised, Matt, that you were slightly late with the news. It's not <laughs> really like me am. at all, is it? It's, it's never like me to be slightly late with the news, no. <laughs> um, but kind of following on from, 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 from the team news, obviously the game kicked off and it was a refreshing start to the game. I mean, we got through that seemingly dreaded first 10 minutes where you've got your hands behind or your eyes behind your hands and like trying to shield yourself from anything that's going on in that first 10 minutes seemingly this season. We got through it really comfortably and we actually started really well and on the front foot, Alex. Yeah, we didn't ever look under pressure from Blackburn in that first 10 minutes particularly. And uh, although we didn't come out and create a like a glorious chance early on. I think the whole the whole thing with the ten the first ten minutes was 
just get through that first 10, 15 minute opening period without conceding and then take the game from there. And, and I think that's what we did. It, it, you know, after 10 minutes, it, it felt like everybody was able to just kind of relax into it a bit more and then go from there. Yeah, well, these are the things, isn't it? I I quite enjoyed the like kind of getting through that first ten minutes was immense. I don't know what was kind of the tension, even when Joe Lemony was going up for a simple catch, was um, uh, it was it was really tricky. But wow, I mean, how good was it for that atmosphere in the first ten fifteen minutes as well, Alex? Yeah, it it really kicked on. Um, like it was it was loud. And it was loud all night, really. A um, lot of praise coming out after that game for 1871. And I think the um, the first chance that we had came from a free kick. And then it was kind of looped in and looped in. And it kind of screwed all the way through to the back stick, really. Don't really know how it happened. And then we won the corner, which obviously Tom McIntyre scores from. And that's a good way to start making up for what was a poor, poor performance on Saturday as well. Set pieces all night, but that corner was just um, brilliant. In the first half, just chance after chance, wasn't it? I mean, I don't think I've seen such good set pieces for us for, for years. Yeah, I don't know whether it was Blackburn not marking us properly, but I mean, McIntyre's goal obviously comes from a, a header and it's, I think it's meant to be Brayek and Diaz is marking him, but he's just nowhere near him. Um, McIntyre basically just ghosts into the six-yard box. and He's got a pretty simple header in reality um, for the goal. And, and going 1-0 up, it, I think it put a lot of like nerves to bed. And then we had, what, three? I can, I can remember at least three more chances, which were kind of clear headed chances from set pieces. I mean, there was... I think Yeardong had one very, very shortly after as well. Holmes had one in the second half, which was a header, which went just wide. We we looked really good from set pieces all all night, and that um, I mean that second chance that we had during the first half from from Yeardong must have only been about what twenty minutes in or so. So, and even then, we 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 dominated the rest of the first half as well because Shane Long obviously then had the penalty shout about five minutes after that. Yes, it was ridiculous the amount of chances we had, Matt, wasn't it? I mean, we had the Holmes header, we had the uh, Fauna shot. Uh, none of them, you thought, oh, that's a terrible miss. It was actually good defending, uh, annoyingly. Yes, I mean, well, it was just frustrating that not one of them was taken because you you were you were watching it and thinking just with with your Reading SC hat on, I mean is this going to come back to bite us? You know, are, are we going to regret missing these chances? Because like, like say that the, the chances that were there, I mean, none of them you can really attribute to bad misses. Fauna, you had three players on the line for that. I mean, how, how the header from the corner didn't go in when it was cleared off the line. I still don't know. I thought it was over the line at the time, but, um, but yeah, it, it was, it, it was a bit of a, it, it, it was just nice seeing these chances created, but you were just thinking, please take one you know, at some point. But the, the feeling at halftime, though, uh, it, was, it was, you could see was, the whole crowd was just getting behind it. Club 1871 were immense last night and so were the whole stadium. It's not just them, it's everyone there. They just, there was a special feeling. I, I can't work out how it happened, but if we could just bottle that for every game, that atmosphere, it, it would be incredible, Matt. 
it, it, it was I like I think the the fans fed off the performance the performance then fed off the fans because you know you, you, I, like I've not seen a first half of that intensity from a Reading team the the pressing I mean at times almost you had Loom and Fauna and Hendrick almost man marking in the midfield there was literally no no way out in the first half and seeing that as a fan and I, I think probably one of the players that won't get many mentions from last night but was stunning again for Reading was Tom Ince because again I think he the way he ran and also Shane Long as well because he ran his socks off but Ince Jr on the pitch you know Tom Ince he was almost just leading by example again with how much running he was doing and I I can't remember the last time we've really seen that and that pressing it was it was so good I mean Alex what was what was your thoughts? Yeah, the press was really, really high. I mean, countless times we won the ball back in the first half, kind of in their half or or very, very, you know, very, very not deep into our half. Dip, you know, only just inside the uh, Reading half. And winning the ball back up that high is always going to be able to create chances because Blackburn just aren't, they're not going to be in shape to be able to defend them. Um, it surprised me how much we dominated the midfield, in all honesty. And I think a lot of the, lot of the credit to that goes back to that formation changes I brought up before the start, but also the performance of Loom was fantastic. He, you know, he's a wrecking ball in, in midfield. He just doesn't, he just didn't give up any ball. As soon as, as soon as the ball was there with the Blackbird player, he was on top of them ready to get the ball back. Um, and yeah, that, I think it's just a case of the, the three in midfield worked really well as a three, uh, as opposed to having two and then two in front of them. Definitely. And I think because I, I think one of the biggest things that Rotherham was seeing Hendrick out of position and he, he almost looked awkward out of position. He, he didn't know. It, it seemed like watching it anyway. He didn't quite know where he was, what to do. But in that in that flatter, you know, deeper line midfielder role where he can go box to box, he can break up play, he can spread the play. Yeah, I'm not, even so sure. much... I'm not even sure Hendrick had an amazing game yesterday necessarily, but I just think that he just looked much more comfortable there. Um, and that then allowed Fauna and Loom a bit more kind of freedom as well to be able to roam as well um so all three of them kind of they weren't free roaming midfielders all over the place but they they all had the opportunity to do so because of the fact that they knew that there was two other players covering for them there was a clear structure wasn't there and you could see it on the pitch everybody believed in it and a pattern that Blackburn just couldn't deal with on the night you know I've no idea where Blackburn will end at the end of the season I'm sure they'll be fine they've still got quality players but it just everything clicked last night. It was, it was basically perfection, Matt. It was, it was, and I think maybe Blackburn hadn't been pressed to that extent yet in the season so far. That might have been it because they'd certainly struggled with it because the amount that their defenders try to pass out and then it'd be one in the midfield through a loose pass and you know um, Fauna or Hendrick or um, Loom would pick it up. It was yeah, um, but then we kind of come into the second half and. It was about five, five, ten minutes in. Joe Lumley had a stinker at the weekend. There's no bones about it. And like we said, potentially some people calling for him to not start this game. But he makes a fantastic save on at one nil at about five, five, ten minutes in. I mean, Alex, some, some, some that save up. How crucial was it, really? Yeah, I think it's Brereton Diaz with the shot from. 12, 13 yards, and genuinely, this is like a match-winning type of save. Um, the, 
the save itself, although it's not going in the corner, it's the fact that the, the shot of the speed, um, the speed of the shot, sorry, is is so fast. The fact that Lumley's managed to react to it before it's gone past him is 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 pretty ridiculous in my eyes. He's and to actually be able to tip it up and over, just yeah, really, really incredibly good save. And um, although he didn't have a lot to do yesterday, the one thing that he did have to do, he did it, you know, perfectly. Um, and that's what you need him to do. If it only happens once a game, that's great. Absolutely. And I mean, we we put a tweet out earlier today, obviously asking about what 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 you enjoyed most from from the game. And Lumley came up quite a few times, and obviously one of the biggest things was the high fives after that save. I mean, I, you, you had it was I think it was Tom Tom McIntyre, Holmes, I think Hoylet as well, all coming over giving big high fives. I think um, Yeardom comes over after as well, just just keep keeping keeping his head head in it. You know, I mean, like the the. The, the kind of leadership on the pitch there and kind of con- congratulating Lumley. It's really nice to see. I mean, Paul, what what what, what was your thoughts? Uh, well, we put that tweet out that you mentioned, like your favourite moment from last night. And there was so many, lots of different people picking out different things. But there was Tatum RFC saying Lumley celebrating with C1871 after our second goal. Seemed like he finally forgot about the disaster at the weekend and was involved again. I mean... Another one from James Higgins, Joe Lumley celebration after we win. That's twice he's done it now. I love that slow walk behind the goal. And I, he's kind of, he he's going to be erratic, but we just have to accept that sometimes he will make, like Alex said, game-changing saves. And that save that he made, I was sat there, I was certain I was going in. Those are the moments that you want. And that's what he, he will continue to get it back in, even though he had a nightmare. If you're pulling out those kind of moments, fans will say, well, Okay, try not to have the nightmares all the time, but you do actually pull out good displays as well. 100%. And I mean, Ince kind of touched upon it on the radio as well, the the thought behind keeping him in the team, dropping him out of the team and dropping him out of the team would have almost had a even bigger detrimental effect on him. So it's you, you, you could almost say fair play to Ince for kind of backing him. But I mean, he also said that he's going to make more saves um, to win us points than, than lose us points. Obviously, only time will tell really on that but it i think for for instance to show him the faith hopefully like, like like we say that rotherham first half will just be a blip and you know we can continue to see kind of the joe lumley we saw in the first two games because i think the first two games he was pretty good you know on all accounts commanding good saves relatively good with the ball at his feet as well he does seemingly take a bit of time on it when when the ball comes he's got a player charging him down i do kind of worry that there might be a player once that gets to him, but we'll worry about that when we when we get to it, or if that ever happens. Um, I mean, that save at one nil, it keeps it at one nil. If if that goes in, it's a different game. But he makes that save, and then Hoylet decides he's going to take on the full right hand side of the pitch, and he scores an absolutely fantastic second goal. And this. The relief, I think, that was felt in the ground, in the team, in the in, in the stands with the fans, it was it was just so nice to get that second goal. Um, I mean, Alex, talk us through the second goal. Yeah, it's the crossfield pass over towards Shane Long, and Long he doesn't really challenge for it. I don't mean you can really class it as an involvement for Shane Long here, but I think his presence definitely puts off the defender just enough for the defender 
sticks over a bad header and, and Hoyler picks it up on the right-hand side. And the the finish which he puts in is is really, really good. Just smashes it off the top of the bar over the over the hands of the keeper. And it it has remnants of, of the goal that we conceded against Blackburn, actually. Um, not Blackburn, so Blackpool on the first game of the season. It, it's very similar to that. And yeah, the relief when that goes in is huge because all of a sudden you think, well, Blackburn, just, they've offered one small spell of, of threatening uh, threatening moments. But apart from that, it was very, very little before that time. It also reminded me of the game of the week, goal of the weekend that Rotherham scored. Right at the near pace. There's something about goalies, clearly. They're having a problem with this kind of shot. I don't know what it is, moving too much for the cross or just people are striking thunder bastards, <laughs> you know, because it seems to happen. I remember last away game, no, second penultimate away game of last season, Hull City, another similar goal for the first one. Seems to be the place to hit the ball at the moment. Um, but yeah, when that went in, uh, were any of us expecting a goal at that moment? Because I, I don't think I was from from Hoyler. I, I didn't think he was going to score from that. I think most were expecting a cross, you know, because he's taken it so deep, like you say, reminiscent of Washington at the weekend. But I think one of the biggest things kind of, I think confidence for Hoyle after, after yesterday, because I mean, he like their, their left back, number three Pickering, he had on, on, on strings for the whole game. I mean, so much went down that, that left hand or that Blackburn left-hand side, our, um, uh, our right. It, it, it was, it was just, Hoyler was getting more into those positions where you want to see him up up the pitch, affecting play and obviously attacking up there, which was which was really, really good to see. Um, and then it, it, it you, you just had that feeling of just comfort, which is a weird thing as a Reading fan. But obviously Shane Long obviously ran his socks off yesterday. We, we've touched a little bit on his performance already, but obviously he was he was subbed off about 70 odd minutes. Um, another standing ovation for for the um uh, uh, for the performance, and we have the return of Zhao. We have the return of Lucas Zhao. I mean, Paul, you're. I think you've run out of superlatives for 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 Lucas Zhao, but um, it was a nice feeling seeing him coming back, and obviously the evasion of Long going off as well. Oh, Long just completely uh, knows how to master the game, lying down. So even if he hadn't stopped for like a water break or whatever was happening there. It would have been a kill in the game time as well. So us to like collect ourselves and not get ourselves out of control. Um, do we think that Shane Long coming in is going to give Lucas Jow a kick up the ass? Because yes. I think Lucas Jow is a quality player. But I think now, having someone else there who's getting that adulation in his position, I don't know how that's going to work with him. Who knows? Lucas Jow is, you don't know where he's going. His goal was fantastic though. Um, great work from Fauna as well. But Alex, what did you think of it? Yeah, Zhao's a bit of an enigma, isn't he? Let's be honest. He can turn it on when nobody else does, but he can look completely uninterested when everybody else is on the game. So it's it's a difficult one to know what kind of reaction he has to a player like Shane Long coming in and having such a you know, such an, a warm reception from the fans straight away. And it's an interesting scenario, I think, with Shane Long and, and Lucas Zhao because Although I think 99% of Reading fans will appreciate the fact that currently Lucas Zhao is a better player, it's very difficult to justify, based on the Shane Long performances that we've seen so far, I think it's very difficult to justify Shane Long just being dropped. And then it comes to the situation is, do you leave Shane Long in the team until he has 
a couple of bad games or do you just bring Zhao back in as soon as he's 100% fit? I, like, I really don't know what the answer to that one is. I, I had the discussion on the way back from the ground um, uh, with with one of the guys that I was at the game with and they offer two completely different styles of play, Lucas Zhao and Shane Long. So it might almost depend on the game, the opponent you're playing. But I think one, one thing's for certain, when Shane Long's up there up top on his own, I I never remembered him as good of a centre forward as he's been since he's come back because the way he holds up the play, hassles defenders. I mean, there, I think it was the uh, it, it was constantly on the back of um, uh, I can't remember their uh, their, their main centre back Ayala. Oh, yeah. It was it was with Ayala and the number thirty three. They absolutely ran him ragged for the for the full for the for the full 70 minutes that it was on the pitch but i don't know it's 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 such a tough one it's such a tough one to 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 drop one at the moment i think the thing is that shane long wasn't that good when he was at the club holding the ball up <laughs> last time i Possibly. think that's a big difference yeah he definitely wasn't as good at that i mean that's no surprise he's 10 years old and he's played in the premier league for 10 years that's not saying he wasn't good when he was here before but he's obviously got better you know who wouldn't if you play in that environment for 10 years but yeah, it's just a fantastic even. And I also like got this tweeting for talking about the um, moments in the match and some uh, major disaster on Twitter has mentioned fan in the East stand mugging Diaz off and then almost launching the ball at his head. He did not appreciate that. <laughs> that, that, that was one of the funniest points of the night. Can I just say, because um, yeah, D- Diaz, he looked incensed after that like he it almost looked like he completely lost his head and he was going to do some sort of Eric Cantona moment with 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 the fan because it but I mean that's the kind of shit house you want to see sorry for the French but I mean it was just brilliant to to see yeah especially once he comes off as well in the second half because as soon as he came off he came off in front of the stand and walked around club 1871 and inevitably he was going to get just pelters from the crowd after that and so it happened he came off and he didn't have a particularly good game Diaz I think he missed two or three not easy chances but two or three half chances and just didn't really affect the game whatsoever and the fact that he you know been wound up by the home fans didn't really help his uh help his reaction when he came off I saw someone tweet they actually was laughing a bit when he walked past. Uh, he was. No, he there. was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he, 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 he was instructed off to the far side by by the referee. And I think then the, the fans thought he's going to be coming this way. And then when he came this way, everyone started like hurling abuse left, right and centre. And pretty much as he was walking by the corner flag, he just drops his head and he was just chuckling to himself. So fair play to Diaz for seeing the funny side of it, because I think he probably knew that he didn't have the best of games. Um, but kind of one one final question kind of on the... Shane Long kind of performance just to you both just a one 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 word answer do you either drop drop either Shane Long or Lucas Shaw or do you fit them into the team together or uh, I definitely keep him in <laughs> definitely keep it. There's absolutely no way that you do you can bring drop. Lucas Shaw in as well I don't Mark? think they can work together that's the problem no. I'm not sure I, I don't think they complement each other neither of them are a link player I'm not sure. Maybe they would. Maybe they could come in and devastate. But I'm not sure how that would work as a team dynamic as well. Uh, I don't know, Alex. What do you think? I'd play long for now. Zhao's not going to be 100% fit yet. There's no need to rush him back if you've got a player who's in playing reasonably well in Shane Long up front at the moment. And 
with the system that we're playing, although we played two strikers last night, I don't really think you can justify dropping Tom Ince to, to fit in Luke Zhao and Shane Long ahead of him. So I would probably be starting Long until Zhao is fully 100% match fit, can last 90 minutes, etc., etc., and, and not not worry about trying to fit them both in and trying to change the systems to get the best out of two strikers when actually the systems that we're playing or the the formations and the style that we've been playing the first four games generally have been quite encouraging when we've been playing this kind of like one main striker and maybe a second striker in, in Tom Ince. Yeah. I think one thing is for sure, it's nice that we've actually just got options up top now because for so long we've been starved of kind of it's Zhao or nothing. Um, and it's just nice to have the option to have a, a player of the quality of either Lucas Zhao or Shane Long to come off the bench or to have both of them on the pitch. Whatever kind of your thoughts are, let, let us know what, what your thoughts are, you know, on the on, on the Zhao and Long situation. Who do you drop? Do you play them both, etc.? Because it's 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 going to be an intriguing one to kind of kind of watch. But after we've kind of said that we won't bring Zhao back in, both of we're both or I think all three of us have kind of agreed on that. Eight minutes in, he then goes and scores. I mean, ex- explain this. Like, it's it's a fantastic goal from Lucas Shaw, and it's just what he can do. It's the quality he that he brings with him. I mean, it's it's some fantastic play though of Fauna in the corner, just getting that in there. Um, it's a genius little little analogy that Fauna in the corner brings it out, and then obviously squares it to Zhao, and it's a fantastic finish. I mean, Paul. He's your man. Take it away. <laughs> he's my man. I'm not sure he's my man, but um, I think Ovi's my clearly my favourite player. I don't know why. Maybe I, second I don't really have a favourite, but it appears <laughs> to be that way. But yeah, I do love Luke. I mean, there's lots of reasons to love him. I think I actually do love him a bit because he is so, he's an enigma when he's on the pitch. I don't know what he's like off it, but you're never quite sure what you're going to get. But you know there is magic in those boots as well sometimes. You just think... That one last night, you think, mm, what's he done here? He's not quite right. And you think, oh, it's a goal, isn't it? <laughs> so this is what Lucas Jow does. He doesn't do really do simple goals. It, it doesn't, he kind of like likes to drag it out a little bit too long. And maybe that's why he's never another reason why he hasn't actually made that step up into the Premier League. There's lots of other reasons as well. The fact he only plays half a season sometimes. But yeah, no, I, I thought he was uh, really good when he came on. He looked really sharp. And I think it is actually a huge bonus that we don't have to rush him back i mean what do you as, as alex said earlier but another player i want to talk about is andy Yudum because we've had four league games and i think he's been fantastic in three of them absolutely brilliant and leading is fantastic team, maybe yeah yeah i mean we can move on to like lucas jam yeah, sure it's kind of we could talk about him forever but alex what did you think of like because you were there right at the end of the match what did you think of the atmosphere at the end yeah the atmosphere was really cracking at the end of the match every everybody around the ground was was extremely loud and it, so much of it I think comes back to the the way that the players act on the field and Yeardom is a great example of a player who I mean you saw it last night when the Blackburn players were going down and there was niggly things in in uh, the area during corners and stuff and Andy Yeardom is the one who's there kind of backing his players up and fans see that and react to it. And that's, you know, that drives atmosphere. Or at least it certainly starts to drive atmosphere along with performance as well. But yeah, the I think Yudom's been fantastic now for at least 
three or four months. Probably since Paul Lintz's arrived, Yeardon has been our most consistent performer, I think, uh, maybe aside from Tom Ince. Um, and Rotherham aside, he's been great this season. Uh, he had a really good game yesterday. There was a couple of moments where he really just, he's he's absolutely busting a gut to overlap on on Hoylet when Hoylet's got the ball high up as well. He's he's offering a lot um, a lot going forwards, even if the outlet isn't really necessarily there. He's He's just offering the options, which is great to see. And I think he's yeah he's um, he's having a great season given he's not playing in his favoured position at the moment. Absolutely, um, I think to be honest, he's been given that captaincy from 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 Paul Ince, and the way he's taken to it so far. I mean, he's just been a model professional. I mean, Ince kind of referenced it when he took over from from. Um, uh, you know, Morrison at the end of last season, he was named captain this year. And he said that obviously it was because his influence in the dressing room, everyone just listens to, you know. I think one thing to take away from yesterday is however good it was yesterday is don't try and get too carried away because Saturday was pretty awful and it was, yeah, we were bad. Yesterday was really good and that's great. But I think there's going to be moments where we see that all year this year and it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster. and we could play really badly and then come back and play really well. And I think if you, if you let yourself get too carried away after one game of either way, you're going to find yourself getting very up and down very, very quickly. Um, this is Reading FC long, at the end of the day, season, Alex. That's all. Alex, <laughs> I've booked the boss. I've booked out the purple turtle. Are you saying that I've gone too early? I mean, come on. I mean, if you've got a refundable <laughs> deposit, that's great. <laughs> I know. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It is a roller coaster, but I do think that if you're going to veer on like enjoying it too much when we win, that's the best way to veer. I think rather than like being manically depressed and like really, really worried about the whole future of the club and we should burn the whole stadium down after one defeat at Rotherham because it was terrible. But that was not the standard that we've played at in all the other games now. For me, that's the anomaly. Uh, yeah, we're kind of consistently playing at a better level than that. If you start putting in those performances all the time, like Rotherham, you're in a really, really bad place. But we're not at the moment. But I do think there come along some bad results, like Alex said. So I won't be surprised by them, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think just the biggest or the nicest thing about last night was just the reaction. You know, Rotherham happened. We, you might get a game like that or a few games like that in the season, but it's how you react to it. And, you know, I think to a man, they stepped up and performed. Tom McIntyre said it in his post-match interview. But we now obviously move on from from uh, the hype and the euphoria of last night. And we're only two days away now from, from the next home game. We've got, obviously, back-to-back home games. We've got Borough coming up at the weekend. They've had a bit of a up-and-down or a subdued start, Borough. Three, I think they're two or three draws, no wins so far. A lot of people tipping them for promotion at the start of the season. But we come into this game off the back of today. I mean, we'll cover... Obviously, Borough in a lot more detail in um, uh, Jacob's pre-match podcast, which should either be out uh, Thursday evening or Friday morning, hopefully. But I mean, Paul, what are your thoughts and kind of predictions coming into the Borough game? Uh, After what you've just said, it's really hard, isn't it? Because they put a lot into last night, a hell of a lot of just physicality and mental energy into that. Um, I'd love to say that we're going to win and I'm going to do it. Why not? Let's be positive about it. I'm going to say... 2-1 Reading. 
2-1. Middlesbrough still haven't got their first win of the season, which sends fear through my body because we all know how that works. But what do you think, Alice? Middlesbrough have scored a lot of goals. I think they've got a weird stat where they've scored the most goals and they've conceded the most goals just in the whole of the league, which is really odd. Um, yeah, they've scored two goals in every league game so far, I think. Um, or it's certainly the last three of them. The Yeah, I'm going to go... For I'm going to go for 2-2. Score draw. They continue that drawing streak then. Um, I'm I'm, I'm quite positive um, about it. I just hope we back it up because kind of we've gone loss, win, loss, win. Just don't lose. Don't lose this weekend, Reading, because, you know, then you kind of, you've gone two steps forward, one step back again. Um, I, I am going to go optimistic, though. Um, I don't think it's going to be another clean sheet. I'd love it to be like a one or two nil win. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1, a 2-1 ding win. Shane Long to get on the score sheet again this this time because we all want that. There's only one Shane Long and all that. Um, but but yeah, that kind of um, wraps it up for the for the for the um, post match podcast. Um, I mean, just whatever you think of last night, like Alex said, maybe don't get too carried away, but just enjoy it because these nights don't come along that often. Um, I mean, if you've liked the podcast give us a rating on itunes give us a nice five-star rating sub- subscribe obviously to to all of our socials um have a listen to uh, jacob's pre-match podcast when it comes out and we will catch you guys all on the next one thanks guys for joining